We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kearney. Joining me for this episode is Christopher Hughes. He is a pre-academy football coach in Salford. Also works as a foundation coach for Manchester United. Has a couple of books out as well. Complete series to coaching four to six-year-olds on Amazon. So this one is a little bit different. We haven't covered this age group before. A lot about coaching philosophy, how is it adapted to young players, the influence of the coach, getting the balance between an entertainer and a facilitator, and then, of course, the role of parents as well. How do you manage parents at this age group? Some great stuff from Chris. We'd love to hear your thoughts, at Gary Kernin on Twitter, at Gary Kernin on Instagram. Just real quick, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, there is 24 hours left of the Black Friday Thanksgiving sale on the Modern Soccer Coach website. There's a two-for-one deal on the books. There's also a $5 deal on the webinar. So modernsoccercoach.com slash shop. Go there. If you miss this message and you get it after it closes on the Monday night, don't worry, shoot me an email and I'll get you an access code to get you the deal either on the webinars or on the two-for-one deal on the book. So thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. As always, here is Christopher. Enjoy. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today on the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. Really excited to have you on. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's uh, a real honor to be on the show. We've never done this age group before, so this is going to be interesting. We've had a few coaches on here that have described their coaching philosophy. And reading your books... None of them have used the words love, learning, and laughing. So talk us through those three key points there that you're making with your own philosophy. Yeah, so obviously from from my coaching philosophy, it's a bit different than, say, you know, an open age team or an under 12. Obviously, all the, all the boys and girls that we coach are um, sort of age two to six. So my philosophy is to leave a really positive impact on every child that comes through our doors, through love, learning and laughing. Um, it's really important to me that the kids feel love. Um, so I try to create an atmosphere of love, you know, like super friendliness and a culture of love at all our sessions so that when each come, each kid comes in, um, you know, they, they feel sort of really inspired um, and they never forget how special that we made them feel really. So at my sessions, I know every single kid's name. Um, like I coach about 500 kids through the week, uh, like Monday to Sunday. I'm um, all under five years old um, and I know every single one's name. So um, when they come in, it's like a really big smile. Um, it's as if a celebrity's just walked in the room. We give them a high five. Uh, we use the name as much and as often as possible. Um, and at the end of the session, we do a little routine. So it's like high fives. Um, who can give themselves a pat on the back and say, well done me? Who can give yourself a pat on the chest and say, I am the best? And so really the love side is just to, make them feel really cared for and special. And I think that that can sort of like position them then for a lifetime success in and out of football and that they feel, um, you know, confident and, and like they have a, 
a high self-esteem really so that's sort of the love side the laughing is obviously just to keep everything at that age group like super positive so like they want to keep coming back they have fun and um, you know we don't take anything serious really like like the main focus is just on, on just having fun and, and loads of laughing Um obviously when they're laughing they're learning and they don't really always you know even even notice that they're learning so um, it could be that we're, we're teaching them about like road safety or brushing the teeth or anything like that but as long as they're laughing um, then they're having really fun so um, and also you know we just want to make sure that it's open to everybody so at four and, and six years old it doesn't matter whether they come in and, and we think like they're an unbelievable footballer or whether it's the first experience and you know they can't they don't even they've never kicked a ball before it, it doesn't really matter we just want to welcome them and make sure that they have a good time a lot of coaches that are maybe maybe not as young as this age group but a lot of coaches would be thinking that uh, you know I'll, I'll enjoy that yeah it's welcoming our club's welcoming our club's about learning but when it comes to laughing i think we're almost programmed to think that laughing distracts or laughing maybe then you lose a little bit of discipline or a little bit of control of the group uh what's yeah. your thought on that i think that laughing just totally engages the group especially at that age group because if you come in and and it's like right today kids we're going to be using uh, both feet and we're going to be dribbling in and out of these cones and uh, you know on you go ahead and they're just dribbling in and out and there's no imagination there's no fun there's no laughing then um a kid a kid at that age is just going to be like totally bored and just think well they might not even think that because they're still so young but the parents will think you know um is this other place that I want my kids to be coming? Is it is it super serious? He's only five years old. They should be enjoying the football and enjoying themselves. So, I think at this particular age group, then laughing is, is very important. Mm. So it's it's little things like the other week we was playing about Halloween, and so I was pretending to be a ghost. So during the demonstration, um, the kids were learning to to stop the ball, and uh, the the ball was a pumpkin, and so we said. Um, that ghosts are not scared of anything except for pumpkins. So as the kids are dribbling, the ghosts would be running around, which was me. And I and if I got close to the kid, they'd have to stop the ball and show me the pumpkin. And then at that point, I would like run away screaming, pretend to be looking one way, and and like hit my uh, head off a wall, but not actually. Obviously, just pretending. Then I'd fall down, and the kids would just think that was really like brilliant. They'd be like, "Oh my god, that's so funny!" He's just like running to a wall, fell over. And the next thing all the kids want to do then is actually dribble. As soon as I come up to them, they want to stop the ball because they know that that's going to create a reaction and it's going to be funny. And so actually we're getting them to do things that we want, but they don't really realise it. Like they're learning to stop the ball when they want to with control, but they're doing it not because of the football using, because of the fun element of it. Yeah, it's interesting that... I know we've, we've had Tom Byer on before and he was talking about the really young age group and he was talking about football at home and how yeah. instead of encouraging your kid to to just smack the ball around, encourage them to dribble around and, and everyone is like, yeah, that's 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 the way it should be. And my, my yeah. oldest was two at the time and he was just smacking the ball left, right and centre. So, you know, so <laughs> I, I thought that there. I was like, all right, so I'll, get, I'll change now. Actually, I'll get him to encourage him to dribble. And it didn't yeah. change anything. He's still smacking the ball around the house. <laughs> but it's until you actually change the games or the circumstance, the conditions that he, he thinks about it. Yeah. 
we, we get it now. So we have some some kids they've been coming for two years and and all they want to do is smack the ball. So we'll do all this like great like they will do these great games, these fun games. They'll be dribbling for half an hour. It'll come to the little matches at the end, the little few threes, and all they want to do is just smack the ball and you're just like pulling your hair out. But you think that first half an hour is dribbling, controlling and and, and each week that goes by, they'll get a little bit better and a little bit better and then one day he might just take one touch before he smacks the ball mm. and you think like, okay, that's like a little positive and then and you just build on it. But obviously at that age group, they just they have so much pleasure from scoring goals. So um so they just, so they just, they do, they just smack it. So this is like trying to just ease them out of just smacking the ball every time. You get it. What was your inspiration to work with this age group? Yeah, so um, I've always um, worked with this age group really. So when I was sixteen, I was playing myself, um, and then I stopped and started taking my cousin, um, who was sort of three at the time, to. Um, like fun sessions like this um, and as sort of like parents or uncles or cousins do um, just asked to get involved so I started to get involved and um, really like you know I was good at it so um, the kids um, the parents really like liked the sessions that I was putting on and, and the kids were engaging with me they found it fun and um, we just kept coming back so really um, I suppose in, in a way I, I was just good at it and that's why um, you know, I, I like to work with that age group. Was it your enthusiasm for it, your ability to make them laugh? What What was it that that you were good at? Yeah, I think just just the enthusiasm. I think you know, I I can make a really bad session um, and like good, and 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 alternatively, a, a really good coach um, can make a really good session really bad. You know, without if they've not got the enthusiasm for it or the patience for the kids. And you can't remember the kids' names or things like that. Then, then yeah, it, it just doesn't go well. So I think it's just to get down onto that level of like a five-year-old kid, um, and and you know be willing in front of parents, which um, a lot of coaches that that I actually found aren't willing to do it, is to make yourself look a bit of a fool sometimes, you know. But it's all for the benefit of the kids. Here's one I want to ask you. So. Whenever you're doing, and I've I've used to do camps at this age group as well, and it is hard work. So I have nothing but respect for you here. But whenever you're putting all these games together, and you're talking about laughing, and you're talking about love, you know you're you're really really involved. That can be an exhausting process. So whenever you then go to, you've got matches in your four in your curriculum at four to six years of age. So when you go to the games at the end, how much of a hands-on activity are you as a coach after being almost an entertainer for some of the session <laughs> yeah definitely starts at like those first 30 minutes like you know you're absolutely sweating it like takes out of you um and so for those last um well that sort of like other 30 minutes when it's like a little 3v3s um i'm quite involved but but it's more of a case of you know there's no real rules to it really we just set out um a particular area in the hall or on the field um, and we'll give them a ball two goals in quite a small area, um, 3v3 maximum. And, and basically the rules are for the children, one off the pitch at any time. So so constantly you're just shouting, only one off the pitch, only one off the pitch. And, you know, and, and like by week one, you'll have like all six off the pitch, chasing the ball, bring it back on, start again. But then by like a month's time, you'll just get like one child running off. 
constantly shouting, uh, no hands, no hands, because um, obviously all they want to do is just basically at that age when, when they can't control it yet, they know they can tr- control it with the hands, so they just pick it up. So basically, not that hands-on, more acts as just like, you know, a, a basic referee, but like I say, the, the rules of that are really simple. A ball, two goals, one off the pitch and no hands. Your animations in the book, absolutely fantastic. The zombies, the rock stars, dragons, superheroes, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, every game has a story. Is that what your one of your principles are for your session design? Yeah, definitely. So there's this really cool uh, website called Twinkle, um, like without the E at the end. Um, and they put um, like term planners together. So, um, you know, for, for, for primary schools, so they have like an, an autumn term, a spring term, but each week it'll say um, like what like what children are learning at school that week. Um, so it could be like uh, you know like children in need week, advent calendars, and things like that. And so we just try and match the game, or I try and match the game to what the kids are learning at school that week. Um, or if there's not really anything going on, we could just do something like. Um, you know, collecting conkers or dinosaurs or rock stars or zombies, um, and then we try and build the game up um, around one of sort of seven basic skills, um, which is controlling the ball with both feet, controlling the ball with the sole of the foot, moving left and right with the ball, moving forward with the ball and stopping, turning in tricks, protecting the ball and shooting. So we try and make the story around one of those seven basic skills. What would you judge success at that youth level? Is it is it the improvement that you're talking about after those few weeks, or is it the having fun? Does it change with every player? Does it change with every location? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the most important thing for me is that is that they come, they have fun, and that they enjoy it. Um, but then ultimately, you know, if we've got a player that's striving ahead of of all the other children, um, you know, then then ultimately, like we look to improve them. So. There might be little things like during the first part of the ball mastery game. So it might be something like as you dribble to a cone, you know, can you turn or go past it? And so it could, so for 11, 11 children, it might be, can you get to that cone and turn past it? But for the other one child, it might be, you know, can you do like a V shape, you know, turn back or cut the ball back? Um, can you do a Cruyff turn? And so we'll just sort of like jump in there and say, right, this is a little challenge for you. This is a, only for big boys or big girls can do this. Can you jump in and you show me this trick? And can you just try and replicate it? And, and like I said, again, you might be striving, but they still can't do that trick. And so it'll just be something that we'll work on throughout the weeks. Um, it might be a kid comes to us and, that, you know, socially they're a little bit um, awkward and things like that. So it, it can just be like making friends and that'll be like a massive improvement if, um, you know, we can get them can get them engaging and making friends talking to the other, other boys and girls and um, so yeah that's that's success for us if, if we can get everybody involved i suppose at this grassroots level million dollar question now how much of a role do the parents have during the sessions yeah well um so so, so tom Bayer has been like sort of a massive inspiration for this and um, when i first started it was sort of um i was i was coaching younger children and um some of the parents had wanted like the next stage. Um, so I first tried to do sort of, you know, um, proper as in, in brackets sessions and quickly realized that um, at five, you know, they sort of 
in my opinion, still wasn't ready. So um, I sort of got the, I'd been reading the book anyway, uh, Soccer Stats at Home, and how like important parents are. So so for me, um, parents are massive because at the end of the day, we only get them for one hour a week. So we can we can say no hands. We can say you know one play off the pitch, and, and we can do as much as we as we can. But it's only an hour. So so parents are hugely important to um, take them to the park, play at home, do anything just to get them uh, involved. Um, and then what we do at, at, our, at our club is um, try and get one parent involved. Um, so we do 9 till 10 and then 10 till 11 on a Saturday morning. And we try and get one parent involved to, uh, and like we teach them then to coach. Uh, sorry, I teach them um, like our, our games and stuff. And then when they move on next year, hopefully then that, parent has been sort of taught by us and they understand my philosophy of love learning and laughing and then when they're six and seven they're still hopefully um you know using that philosophy and, and that learning style so that they take it on so so yeah parents are really really important oh, that's that's a great idea great idea so you're you're almost then educating the parents in in some respect to not only then help you with your sessions but then whenever you move on then they're going to be able to possibly go into the community or stay in the in the in the game and and help in some way yeah so it, it's our sort of um you know it, so at, at, uh, in the reception which is under fives over here we i coach them for like the whole year and i get a parent or what usually a dad and um, to assist me and so he'll sort of watch me for a, a few weeks a few months doing sessions and then he'll take part of that session and then sort of the, the final three months of the year um, I'll sort of take a step back and one of the dads will take like sort of total control of the team and then when they move up then to under sixes um, it's the idea that that dad will take over that team and then we'll get the new under fives boys but he'll take over that team carry on for another year with these games um, and then when under sevens and the league starts and um, then I suppose it's up to the dad to you know coach how he sees fit but for that next year it's still about you know this um this book really and the and this structure and system that we have in place how many locations do you have or how many classes do you have yeah so currently we've got um two two locations um in salford in manchester and um, salford's rmfc in Earlham vale so we've got these two clubs what we're looking to do is is hopefully have maybe two more um so Earlham and, Sol Earlham and Langworthy are around about five miles apart, so we're looking to add another another two around about five miles apart, and then that way um, there's, we can hopefully then out under sixes have a couple of like you know in-house matches and then friendly games against each other, so that all the kids can come and play against each other, um, and there's no sort of um, poaching, <laughs> fortunately. When do the Nevilles and the Gigs and the Beckhams get involved then? Is that when they're older? <laughs> Uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. yeah. It's been something that um, I thought about, you know, if they'd be, you know, wanting to take take part and get involved. But I suppose at the level that Salford are, that maybe, um, unfortunately, when kids are released from like Man City and, and Man United, you know, they'd probably be absolutely brilliant place for Salford City. So that's the professional level. Obviously, that's a, a yeah. big jump. But but then there's, you know, there are a lot of coaches who listen to this that are at with clubs and that are maybe a year or two ahead of us here but it's still directors of clubs owners of clubs 
what should uh, a youth club be doing with this age group? Should it be fun? Should they start competing? Talent ID, just let them play. Like, what's your what's your best answer to advise coaches for that? I mean, I think that it's it's wonderful that uh, massive clubs, you know, are already doing sort of these pre academy development centres, and so um, we've had like quite a lot of boys already um, picked up by uh, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, and Everton, and they take them to these development centres, and obviously it's all free, it's good coaching, um, and so that's absolutely like brilliant that they do it um, I don't know how much they focused on fun and how much it, it's you know uh, like really focusing on skill already um, but yeah I think it's great that, that they're doing it I think solely at this age it should be should be totally fun um, and here in England obviously the, the FA say that um, kids shouldn't be playing matches until under sevens so the under fives and the sixes that we coach it's my opinion and it's the same one with the FA that you know they shouldn't really be playing matches yet, um, especially not at under fives, under sixes. It's okay if they was maybe playing once, once every other week or once a month. You know, just to sort of start to get a feel for it because obviously we do we do three v three, and then at sevens it's five v five, so five v five in big nets. So it'd be good at under sixes that they do matches, um, just to get them used to it. But I'd quite like so we get a few scouts come down and have a look at our under fives and then they take them to these development centers um and i'm comfortable with that because i say it's good for the it's good for the kids to get extra coaching it's good coaching it's free what i'd like is for the clubs to rather than just come down sit there and scout i'd really like it if they said we'll come down we'll scout but actually we'll put a session on for you if, if you know if you'd be happy with that so say for example i'm coaching for Earlham Vale and Manchester United scout rings me and he'd like to come and look at your, at your five-year-old boys that he comes down and actually puts a session on because I think that uh, community coaches and grassroots coaches would, would, would massively benefit from the clubs putting on the sessions and then they see the standard of coaching, they see uh, a session, they see what's appropriate for that age group um, and also if Manchester United say to you, oh, we we're looking for dribblers or we're looking for passes or we're looking for this and that at this particular age group then the coaching cut sort of work towards that as well that's a great idea great idea what's the the biggest challenge what's the hardest thing i think i think at this sort of like entry level the hardest thing is in like age appropriate coaching and, and that's really why i started the book because um i took my little cousin to a couple of clubs um initially and um the, the, the very first session I remember they did, um, so he's five years old, put them onto a, a 77 pitch, um, but they did laps around the pitch for the warm-up with like no ball, just just run three laps around the pitch. That was the warm-up. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then um, in in each corner of the pitch, one of them was, uh, one corner they were doing press-ups, then he ran, he did sit-ups, they ran and did squats, and they ran and did star jumps. And I mean, these squats, you're five years old, you've never seen anything like it. Um, then after that, they had them in a row of uh, like like one boy on either side, like facing each other, and six in a row, six on this side, six on that side, and he was practicing throw-ins at five years old. <laughs> um, so like that is like just like it's just a, a huge, huge challenge to raise 
like the bar at this entry level that um, you know they, they, they don't need laps, they don't need conditioning, they don't need press ups or sit ups, they just need a ball each, a ball at the feet and they just need to learn to dribble and, and learn to control. I, I think um, quite a few years ago I, I was working for Bolton Wanderers and I went to um, an under 12 girls session and you know it had been explained to me that they'd not done an awful lot of um, football before so if I was to plan quite a basic session so I was like right okay I'll just practice passing and the girls they actually like couldn't pass they didn't have the technique to pass so I thought right okay I'll teach them the technique to pass so I said you know use the inside of your foot and they just they just couldn't do it and I and sort of like at that point something just clicked in me that thought actually the, the the entry level to football isn't passing you know everyone thinks so oh, it, it's like because because a two-year-old like that's what they do they just smack the ball they smack the ball but I think to get any technique to get passing to get shooting you must be able to dribble first and so at this age the biggest challenge is um is just to get every kid just dribbling just comfortable with the ball and just lots and lots of touches so the biggest challenge is um parents and, and dads that get involved and obviously they do the best but they're just volunteers and they don't quite understand what's age appropriate for five and six year olds you know they've seen under 11s doing maybe practicing throw-ins or shooting drills but it's 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 just totally inappropriate for five and sixes and I think like a lot of older kids um say like if you bring a book out and you say right this is a whole season's worth like it won't probably won't be appropriate for that group the whole year round because at 12 certain kids will be at different levels and um they'll need different things but at this age group between four and six what i've noticed is the gap between the very worst player and the very best really isn't that much and the at that age i think they all need the exact same thing which is learning to dribble learning to use both feet learning to stop the ball on demand because the amount of five-year-olds that just run into the wall or run out of play um obviously it is it, it is a lot and so i think that this is why that this book um you know should really do really well for this age group because all five and six-year-olds need the same thing whereas say like an 18 year old obviously doesn't need the same thing as the next 18 year old and the next one they all need a whole host of different um skills to be learned or techniques to be taught but five and six pretty much on the exact same thing yeah it's pretty ironic that your biggest challenge is coaching <laughs> yeah yeah but that's that's the problem over here like i i've just saying my three-year-old up to a introduction well i, I lied my wife said my three-year-old <laughs> up to a, I, I to be honest i didn't want them to go chris because yeah. i want them to enjoy the game first and then start to get into coaching yeah. but obviously there's a there's a social side of it, and, and yeah. we want to expose them to that there. But my point is, is that I'm sitting, I take him, and, and obviously I just uh, keep my mouth shut, sit, enjoy it. But the yeah. level of coaching from parents is, yeah. oh, it's infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to solve every problem. They're trying to, if the kid loses the ball and has a negative reaction, 
there's a dad that's wants the game stopped so he can change the conditions of the game to get a kid the ball back. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I, I come home and drop him off and uh, you know put the smile on my face. I tell my wife I'm disgusted by the parents. Yeah, absolutely, like that's it. Like, um, and I think um, like another another huge challenge, like you said, is just managing the expectation of the parents because because they come and they just think they're going to be the next Messi, the next Ronaldo, and and if all of a sudden you know he's still dribbling into the wall or he's still using his hands four weeks down the line they're just like oh you know um you know can we not practice this or practice that and i'm just like nope like you know we have a structure we have a system we focus on these seven things you know judges in a year judges in two years because um you know it, we you know we've seen it work we know that it works and so it is just about managing the parents expectations and and then jumping in you know we had um, like one dad, like you know, they're not playing enough matches, and I was thinking they get half an hour. Like they play, they play for an hour, they get half an hour. You know, what more do they need? But um, yeah, the, the standard of coaching you know, at this particular age group is, is really poor. And I think, like you know, the FA, as, as good as the courses are, they don't really start at this age. But, you know, they sort of start at under sevens, which is appropriate for the FA because that's when football starts. But um, you know, it's a little bit short-sighted because there's all these all these grassroots teams and companies that do start them at three years old. So um, I think it's something that the FA, I suppose, never really thought about it until this moment. But that they could actually look at, you know, you know, what should grassroots clubs, if they have a four-year-old program or a three-year-old program, you know, what should they be coaching? What should they be teaching? That's uh, the problem exactly, and that's why I don't want my kid. Basically, I don't. I'm reluctant to let my child go to these events because I don't care whether he wins or whether he loses. But I don't want them to come to me and say this isn't fun. That's the reason. Surely, on the front side of it, I think Nick Levitt does a lot of work on this here. Why people yeah. are dropping out? Yeah, definitely. And you know, so obviously, I've took um, like two of my cousins from two year old all the way through, and um, don't have any children of my own yet. And so, like. So from my point of view at this particular minute in time, it's like, you know, they just shouldn't be playing matches at, at, at five years old. They should wait till seven. But then I can conversely see it that if I did have a child of my own and I seen all these other teams playing matches at five, playing matches at six, you know, you sort of feel that peer pressure to, you know, right, you know, everyone else is playing matches. So, you know, we, you know, we don't want him to miss out. We don't want him to lose out. Let's get him them into matches. But soon as you start with matches no matter what people say it's competitive it's competition and and at five years old you know we've seen people arguing with the referees coaches arguing with each other and the five you know and it it should just be totally and utterly about about fun at that age group so it, it is really hard and i think it's up to the coach wherever you go that they demand that you know the culture is fun first and um, you know love learning and laughing at that age, at that age and not to let competition get in the way of, of what a five-year-old really needs and wants, which is fun. All right, last one for you. Where do you get your inspiration from? You know, you mentioned a few people that you, you take things from. Where do you find your inspiration for your work and, and your creativity? Uh, my inspiration, I suppose, just comes from making sure that um, the kids are, are always learning something new. So um, a lot of it started with us going into nurseries um, so when when we was was making the games, obviously we wanted the, the games to be educational, so a lot of the nurseries um, found it appropriate as well. So um, it would be things like 
club recognition, um, numeracy, literacy. So we've so I've always had to um, be be educational, um, but also at the same time, a lot of um, the early years foundation stage, you know, two to six year olds, um, is just about I just about play and having fun, and so it's we've always been inspired through play really and making sure that the kids are learning, but they're having fun at the same time. And I say we can you know really make absolutely any anything any story fun, whether it's um, you know, Christmas cards, snowman's disco, um, penguins, pirates, just just everything like that. Really, the inspiration for um, the inspiration, I suppose, for for the actual structure and what we was going to teach um, was Tom Byers. You know, soccer starts at home. Like I say, using both feet and um, stopping the ball, the soul, um, shooting, turning in tricks, stuff like that. Yeah, um, and I suppose it's just been an inspiration to. to to keep going, keep educating other coaches on the way, and hopefully, one day, um, you know, everyone, I suppose, at, at under fives and the sixes, will, will use the book and use the games. Chris, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. No worries. Thanks very much. Thanks so much to Chris for his time and his insight there. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It's funny. I've never really looked at a coaching philosophy from that age group before. I've always thought that coaching philosophies really start whenever the game starts to become competitive. And I don't think I'm alone in probably thinking that the level that you're working at is always the most complex. I think that's just the way we think as coaches, whether it's working at the college level, whether it's working in club soccer, whether it's working in high school or whether it's working at the professional level, we all think that there are so many variables that other people don't appreciate. So it's kind of good to take a step back there with Chris and, and kind of think, wow, that, that is really, really difficult to balance between that child's first experience in the game, such a powerful thing, and then also making sure that it's fun, making sure that it's enjoyable, making sure that you can facilitate the the relationship between the parents and almost manage the parents as well and he mentioned there about managing those expectations and then I think something that we should probably look at a little bit more as more money goes to the top end in, in the game especially in the UK and we talk about the importance of development well maybe can those clubs take a little bit more of a role as Chris is saying there, in, in educating younger coaches, starting coach development programs, whatever it is, but maybe not looking at professionalizing that age group, but certainly helping out a little bit more in the community. And from what it sounds, that would be really appreciated from, from coaches like Chris as well. So really enjoyed that, really enjoyed that, thought it was great. And then from a from a personal point of view, obviously going through this process with my son at the minute, I think about it a lot especially when I'm driving there what do I want from this environment with him and sometimes I want it to be like the environments I had when I was growing up and then sometimes I don't and I go back and forth so that's just me and I'm just trying to look after one child in the car so it's very very difficult whenever um, whenever you're thinking about five six seven twenty children at once my wife and I talk about what we want from the experience and it's kind of interesting that she's not interested in soccer whatsoever but she wants them to have a respect for the coach and respect for that figure of authority so it becomes a teacher or it becomes a professor she always wants that there because that was important in her household and and for me I want them 
to respect the game and f- and we talked about that and I didn't really articulate it before but that's respecting the game for me means reacting the right way when you lose and, and dealing with all the setbacks that go with the game that's finishing last in an exercise or if it's not getting picked on a team or if it's having a bad training session just dealing with that and I think that's where the game is at its strongest is, is because it can teach you things that a little bit of resilience a little bit of perseverance and I don't know, maybe they're a bit too young for that. I'm not quite sure. There's definitely no book being written about the exact way you should become a soccer parent. But uh, to go through that experience, I'm finding uh, tough and difficult, but I'm also finding it really, really enjoyable. And it's making me think of some things that maybe I should be thinking of in my own philosophy with the older age groups as well. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that, as always, at Gary Kernin on Twitter, at Gary Kernin on Instagram. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kernin on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.